So, uh, Chillinoy, um, here we are. We're doing another podcast. It is a wonderful day in uh, Chillinoy um, for some people. For others, maybe not so much. Um, but we'll talk about that, right? Um, but first, I want to welcome uh, a few of my guests to the show. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the audience of the Chillinoy podcast. Um, well, my name is Victoria Hearing, and I have been in the cannabis space for, sorry guys, for a very long time. Um, I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri, a veteran of the United States Navy, and have been living in Chicago, Illinois for over 20 years now, um, and got heavy into the Illinois cannabis market as soon as Illinois said that they were going to um, approve medical um, cannabis. What brought me to cannabis is first and foremost, just being a part of it growing up in Kansas City, Missouri with my family members being um, a part and victims of the war on drugs. Um, beyond that, my husband actually um, passed away from a morphine overdose from the hospital taken as prescribed. And that propelled me even further to make sure that there were alternatives to medicine um, outside of westernized medicine. Um, to be able to help people and to bring healing um, with this plant um, that my people have, you know, uh, built the culture on. Um, I do a lot of things within the space. I'm on the board of a social equity empowerment network called Scene. that's here uh, in Illinois. We are a trade association in, in the Illinois cannabis market, trying to um, be a national um, trade association organization. I'm also an activist and active and um, advocate within the Illinois cannabis space, as well as other black injustices that happened um, that happened across the nation. Working on the national campaign too uh, for this marijuana prohibition that's been going on. Um, I'm also a DJ and an artist and um, a co-producer of True Social Equity and Cannabis. Um, and I'm a mother of two. I have a three and a six-year-old boy and girl that all of my time. And, <laughs> and when I have downtime, I try to do yoga as a yoga instructor. So <laughs> You have downtime? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Anna, before you go, I want to go ahead and plug like your social media. And you mentioned a lot of things that you're doing. Thank you for your service. Thank you. First of all. <laughs> Uh, please go ahead, plug your social media and, and like websites or anything for the organizations that, that you work with so that our listeners can maybe give their support. Sounds like you're doing some good work. So I just wanted to make sure they could connect. Thank you so much. Uh, well, you can find uh, one organization called Black Women Strong Coalition um, on Facebook uh, as a group. You can search for that. It's there. Um, there's also the Social Equity Empowerment Network called Scene. Um, their Facebook handle is uh, Equity Empower. Um, you can also find them at www.equityempower.org. Um, and uh, you can also go, if you're looking for good house music and DJs, you can go and search for Cultivate on the group page, the C-U-L-T-I-V and the number eight. Hell yeah. I'll check it out. Thank I'll you. Definitely check it out. Thank you. <laughs> go ahead, our friend, uh, my friend Anna. So, hey, I'm I'm Anna Rose EEFC. Um, I started the True Social Equity and Cannabis page on Instagram. Um, I'm also an applicant, a dispensary applicant. Um, 
And uh, like the, I'm a, ugh, I'm a lot of things. We, we get along really well because we have um, an art background and a healing background. Um, I've run a nonprofit theater company called Nothing Without a Company for the last 10 plus years. We do immersive site-specific work that's focused um, around marginalized voices. And um, I've been doing theater since I was in the third grade when I found out that I had dyslexia and they made me do the grade over again. And I had to basically like find all new friends because all my friends went off to fourth grade. Mm -hmm. um, so theater was really my life for a long, 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 long time um, <laughs> until I kind of started getting bored with it. And I started dabbling in film a little bit about six years ago, I started doing the 48 hour film project. And so I fell in love with doing like really fast um, work. And um, I started documenting this once the 21 were announced um, that they were gonna be getting the 75 licenses. I, I kind of was like, who is fucking pissed like me? So I found Ricky Hinden and he was doing some press conferences in front of um, KPMG. And so I attended and he allowed me to document. And um, I just I just kind of started meeting people that way that were as pissed as me. And I started posting on the page as um, as you know, the, the, the people of the power, power of the people. Um, I didn't want to I didn't really know how to channel my anger and I didn't really know what to what exactly to say um, personally, but everything that I was hearing from other people I was relating to and I was like, I need to uplift these voices. Mm -hmm. um, and they, it just happened to be the black community. At, like every single person that was out there fighting on the front line were black and then it was me. So a uh, little white girl from Texas. I'm originally from Houston, but I've been in Chicago for 18 years. I came here to do theater. And um, I think I'm starting to realize that actually, you know, I came here for theater, but I think I am meant to be in this fight because cannabis is so fucking important. Are we allowed to curse on this? <laughs> nope, you just blew the whole fucking show. Well, damn it. I'm joking. Yeah, of, of fucking course you can. Welcome to the Chillinois podcast. Fuck, yes. Um, yeah, just this plant is, a, is fucking healing. It should be healing people, not being given to corporations to fuck it over like they do everything else. And I have an inflammatory disease. I struggle with depression and anxiety, just like any other fucking artist. Um, and I just really found that this outlet um, and this community have fucking saved my life in the last yeah. two years. <laughs> Yeah. Well, before you, uh, before I have you plug social media and wherever else we can find uh, you and your efforts online, um, I, you know, coming from theater, um, and then coming into the Illinois cannabis market, it's probably a good transition because the rollout of all these licenses have more has more or less been theater. So sorry, I had to get my joke in. Um, plug and plug all your... acting politicians. No, let me stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll get our we'll get ourselves in trouble. Um, go ahead and plug your social media and and uh, other efforts that you're you're doing online. Um, so you know the the main thing is I started the Instagram page um, and then I recently just built a website to kind of um, have a place that people could go to if they didn't have Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and it's true social equity and cannabis. Uh, GoDaddySite.com, I think, because I didn't pay for it. Because <laughs> I'm currently doing a fundraiser uh, on. I'm doing an Indiegogo, 
um, because I see that in your in your bio. So I want to plug your handle really quick at True Social Equity in, in Cannabis on Instagram, so that people can donate. Thank you so much. And I really struggled with actually with with actually doing that because I don't believe that the people should be. Um, having to fork out any more money, you know, people are fucking broke. Um, and I get it. And, um, I've been, I've actually put like $10,000 into, into this, um, myself and including like the time that it took, like we've done 70 protests. We've, we've done shit like almost every single week since. Yeah. You were on vice news. Uh, I'm they yeah, they use some of our footage. So, um, it's just, it's essential because we need to get this out there more and i need to pay people that volunteered for me the last two years because they're artists and they're fucking broke and i i just like i'm a person wants to pay artists i've always been that way um and yeah so please donate we have fucking amazing perks too we have um three different books that are written by by chicago people um about their life experience um and then we have like support your local weed man t-shirts and eccsc t-shirts nice and you get um a thank you and in the film that we're actually going to be putting up to sundance i've never done a show for sun i've never i've never i've never done a fucking feature film i've never (laughs) (laughs) this is crazy but um i like working fast and i think this needs to get out there to the to a larger um platform and i'm so thankful for everyone that's so active on on the true social equity and cannabis page on instagram they're fucking dope and like we all i think we all like lift each other up which is really cool yeah um, i appreciate that because you're part of that <laughs> well th- thank you uh don't you don't don't feel bad about um if if not that you asked but if i can give you any advice don't feel bad about asking for money for what you're doing people will pitch in for a good support it's like when npr asks like hey you know donate for public radio like it's like you know it's it's a collective cause that we all join into i get what you're saying though i get where you're coming from after the pandemic and everything else people are struggling but um you know i'm i'm sure there are people out there that want to support the mission and oh look, yeah it's we're 16 percent funded and we've got like good. another I was going to say, I, I I was identifying with your story, uh, and this is maybe some behind the scenes for the Chillinois podcast, but, um, you know, folks, I've only lost money on this. I just pour money into this. I've not asked anybody for money from this. The only things I've really gotten out of this endeavor is meeting really cool people like you two. And I mean, I've, you know, I had Tommy Chong on. I would have loved to pay him though. I mean, he's 83 years old, but the only thing to get back to my point I've really gotten out of this is a, a, a grow light and a growing tent and some free weed. I've never been paid, so I've only lost money. Um, I guess if you want to, I guess the weed saved me some money but um, or some effort. But uh, I'm getting around to the point where it's like, you know, I'm wanting to do bigger things. I'm wanting to be able to pay artists and guests for their time. And I think that uh, I think that you're, the people that support your movement get it, and I think the people that support my movement will get it. So folks, I'm going to start asking for money soon. Don't get mad at me. Um, <laughs> it's for a good cause. For each other, yeah. We all, in whatever way. That's why when I message people, when people uh, first come into the page, I've been, I always say thank you for supporting yeah. the page. And then lately I've been putting the Indiegogo and saying like, you know, no pressure, 
if it like if you can't throw us 20 bucks like just give us a share yeah. like folks that are listening i'm gonna have a link in the podcast description a quick link that you can just click to go right to donate uh to this uh just make it easy on you folks so, and i yeah. met v through this freaking process we actually met december 2020 um at a protest in front of cresco uh the, the like downtown um opening yeah and he was just like saying truths and i was like you are fucking dope and then we were talking and she was like i want to help you i am an artist too and i'm like please help me like i'm crazy right now i could use any help that you want to give me <laughs> v i'm sure the the flame... there. <laughs> i was gonna say i'm sure the flame in your heart is what kept you warm if you were in december in chicago jesus christ that's cold flame in my heart always keeps me warm it's so it's, it's, it's so hot it keeps other people warm okay <laughs> <laughs> well, well um you know there's some pretty big news in Illinois cannabis today. Do you want to tell, do either of you want to tell us a little bit like your take on what happened today? What's going on? I'll let you start. Um, <laughs> um well, my, I, I applied for a dispensary license with um, my wife who's Hawaiian Chinese and three badass black women from the South side. And uh, we put in two applications. We did not win anything today. Um, but I, I do know one group that did win, so I'm happy for them because I believe they're true social equity. So brava to the winners and the people that are not in this for the reasons that I think they should be. Um, don't sell to the wrong people. You know, don't buy, don't sell to multi-state operators. Like there are actually people that want to do good for the industry that will buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, we just posted too. I thought, I think I saw you shared it. Don't, don't sell, you know, and if you're going to reach out to us, cause we can connect you with some good people that might be true social equity candidates. Right. So reach out to either the Chillinois podcast or Anna or V if you're even thinking about this and we'll get you connected with the right people yeah. um, and make sure that nothing fishy is going on to the best of our ability, of course. Yeah, right. right. Um, and I, and I will just piggyback on what Anna said that um, this has been a very long time coming. Um, and I know that a lot of people are relieved that we're finally at this place. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't come without bullshit. Um, yeah. There were still people that um, didn't didn't receive the scoring that they should have um, for different areas of of their application, um, and unfortunately, at this point, so many people that were even put into the lottery, you have to think about it. The teams either broke up, they lost their funding, um, and the people that were drawn names on, they have literally ten days in order to come up with the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for their licenses. And if they don't come up with that, then their licenses get passed to someone else. Um, and that's 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 the rub. And unfortunately, the state can easily say, um, you know, we might have only had one or two true social equity applicants, but it was out of the pool of 700. So we did our job, you know, and ultimately not, uh, not really, you know, um, I completely disagree. Uh, with that. And then you have this bullshit lottery that they chose to um, use the, uh, the Illinois lottery systems, um, lottery methods, 
and just yeah. jump a whole lot of people into a ball um, and just kind of just quote unquote pull numbers out, which ultimately, you know, some people say that those are rigged. Some people say that they're not. Who knows? At the end of the day, had we, Illinois, focused on the right process from the beginning, um, we wouldn't have even been here uh, and things could have been sped up a lot longer. Ultimately, for me and the true social equity applicants, we're still in the same place trying to figure out how we can have ownership, trying to figure out how we can not just take the um, petty penny any jobs um, and not and not move through uh, the ranks in order to be executive management and things like that. Um, and ultimately we're still being locked up and left out. Um, so until we're even able to deal with all those, for me, nothing has changed other than more people that have access to money and funding um, and an opportunity that true social equity applicants do not. And so, they really did. my plane, it's still hot. <laughs> they really did us wrong too, because they didn't even tell us anything until yesterday, because my group, we didn't get our social equity points. So if we had, we would have been at 248 this whole time. We had to submit our social equity information three times. And so we didn't even know if we were gonna be in any of the lotteries up until yesterday. We were so is that what you mean when you said earlier that like some people's application didn't get the points they should have? Correct. Correct. So I mean, you submitted the information, did, you had it. But it. But I have been hearing that other groups didn't. And I, if if that was our group, oh, I would be way living right now. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's where you that didn't get the right the, the right credit for what they should. And at this point, so many people are have lost courage you know, um, to even continue to continue the fight. And that's why, you know, um, True Social Equity and Cannabis and, you know, Black Women Strong Coalition and ECCSC and SCENE, you know, um, are out here trying to make sure that that we have those voices for the voiceless because it's, it is larger than just this one round. Let's face it, this is one round that we're talking about here. There are other licenses and other app applications and yeah. things like that that will be coming um, in 2022 even, you know, for yeah. the next few years, so. And possibly more after the demand study happens. That part too, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so trying to make sure that, that the discouragement that has been felt within the communities you know, um, still have some type of hope to continue to fight through and push through. And also to remind them that this is an industry of industries. Yes, it's it's nice to have a license, but there's so many things that you can do outside of having a license, Yeah, uh, you know, that's needed, so. so I mean, can I and like, if you have been in this industry for forever doing something that you want to do an ancillary position like a website designer or a marketing person or whatever whatever that's not what you want to do you want to do what you've been doing and go legit and and do it the way that they said that you could get into the industry and i mean just the the whole concept of of needing the amount of money that you need to go legit and and have a business is ridiculous they're talking about businesses that want to be multi-state operators that want to, um, you know, go onto the stock market. A lot of groups don't want that. I think most people that are in the industry that want to transition don't want that. They want their own fucking place. They want to do the same thing that they've been doing that has worked for them and transition their clients. You know, like there's no reason why we shouldn't let those people do that. Right. 
So let me ask you this question, and either of you can jump in, but V, you spawned this thought. So um, you met, you alluded to if Illinois would have done it the right way from the start. I'm not asking you to get granular, but if you would like to, go ahead. Um, I've got some ideas of how I think Illinois should have done it from the start, but I just am curious to hear what your ideas are. And again, either of you can go, both of you can go, whatever. Uh, but V sparked that thought. Well, number one, I think the first thing would have been to create a lane specifically for uh, people that were actually affected by the war on drugs, um, AKA the war on blacks, and to have them be the first ones to get licenses, period. Yeah. Period, period. Um, from there, um, I wouldn't have allowed any multi-state anybody um, because Illinois um, has been at a loss um, in their financial and their, their state financials for a very long time. And um, we should have been making sure that our economy was an economy that could be sustained and thrived on um, within within the space. Um, Colorado was thriving in, in, in their in their economy um, by the way that they give their money back um, with uh, the going um, recreational. Um, in addition to that, uh, it would have been nice for Illinois to really um, create the pathway when the medical round came about to yeah. educate, inform, um, and to assist people with applying there. I think that's the space that people should be looking to get into prior to the recreational. Number one, it, it, it is a lot more money, but it, it's also the easiest um, to get in and doesn't have as much red tape that's involved. Um, I think that um, as far as Illinois is concerned and other states too, the oversight just isn't there. Um, that is an area that that across the country um, is facing a lot of difficulty with. Um, and I and one of the reasons why I think that that is is because you're looking to politicians to create avenues, legislation in an industry that they have no idea about. Right. Um, and so if they were able to actually take the time in order to talk to those of us that have been in the legacy market um, since the legacy market was created, that a lot of things would have been hashed out and covered um, and rectified so that we didn't have so many different rolling balls and have the opportunity for um, a corporate corrupt cannabis market. Yeah. yeah, there was already a market that was working just fine. Just tax the fucker and be done with it. Like and then lastly, speaking of taxes, making sure that the money doesn't go back to the same people that end up locking us up. I don't yeah. understand why they get the bulk of the money spread out in all these different little chains, um, but they do. And because of that, it's we're still going to have a lot of barriers and issues and things that we have to fight for, including in the Schumer National um that national bill you know uh one of the big things is um you know the the search and seizure no one's talking about that um actually and that that's that's huge because we still have to deal with how how do we move forward and go about with licenses and recreation and all those things that are there for people who are you know in need of their medicine and still get profiled yeah yep. And it's the medicine too. They're recreational and medical. Like I don't know who came up with that idea, but it's the same thing. And we <laughs> yeah, need to say that. 
Yeah, I actually just posted that on our subreddit today. Somebody, I saw somebody commented, and I don't know, sometimes I choose to engage, sometimes I don't. I don't like to uh, engage with people that say things like this because what I realize is that they say stupid shit because uh, they're probably hurt. You know the old saying, hurt people, hurt people. Um, yeah. So they said, yeah, they said, medical, you mean rec users who don't want to pay taxes? I said, rec users, you mean medical patients that want to pay taxes? <laughs> it, like, we're all medical, like cannabis is medical. I mean, recreational, like you say, I don't know where that, that term came from. I mean, I used to play recreational baseball when I grew up, but I didn't, uh, you know. I, I like to call it adult use cannabis. I'm glad, V, that you. I wanted to just point out, if people were wondering why you said legacy market, I think that's a much better term as opposed to yeah. what's traditionally called the black market. You know what I mean? Well, the I legacy market is the term. Market, but I also, I agree. Traditional, traditional market, market yeah. is, what I, is what I've heard up until meeting V. And I was like, fuck yes, girl. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like definitely it. the legacy market. I mean, people don't understand that, honestly, um, the, the, the cannabis plant has been utilized even, even during the Sumerian times and Egyptian times, and it was utilized for fertility um, and during birthing uh, and things like that, which is hilarious being that the, the government likes to say that you shouldn't utilize cannabis when you're pregnant. However, that's the exact use that you should use it for, especially if um, you know your morning sickness and things like that are, are through the roof and a lot of women have a lot of yeah. pain. Um, and that's the most natural uh, herbal way to, to deal with that. Um, and I could go on for for forever, but that's that, that's just one one of um, the 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 old times that that you know this plant has been around and have been healing uh, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I got really upset one day, and I started. I get really fixated on things, and so I started focusing on weed and pregnancy, and I compiled a list. I was trying to do a study um, uh, about how cannabis helped or didn't pregnant women. Every one of them were like, it was amazing. I was so thankful, always used it, no issues. Like, come on, we mm -hmm. need to, I know we were in a, we were in a place of misunderstanding about cannabis you know, five years ago. So I get that there's challenges to understanding how things work, but we, we need to open our minds as a society. This is my Aquarius coming out. Well, and the reason why a lot of that is, is just because of the propaganda that the government purposefully put out there in order to um, um, make sure that this wasn't uh, a plant that was freeing people's minds and their spirits. Uh, and joining them together in order to find commonality and union, um, unity um, and healing around this plant. Um, and what we need to do and what people should do more of is demystifying um, the propaganda and creating the, the, the accurate propaganda that's out there. Um, yeah. kind of like the truth commercials, we need we need the truth of uh, the cannabis plant and what it actually does to to you and how it helps you. That's why um, we need true social equity in cannabis so that we can teach the vagan people <laughs> instead of the corporations being like, uh, maybe let me let me get into this so I can make a whole bunch of money and then I'm gonna like, oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to like find people like, oh, you want to work with me and. I get why people want to do that, but also they realize we know this story. 
I have interviewed so many people that have worked for corporations and currently do not. And like it, people are not happy in corporations. It's. Well, number one, we're in 2021. And so uh, business and just, and just the thought process of business should be um, re-examined. Uh, I've been managing businesses and financials for over 20 years, and I do not believe in the eight hour, 12 hour day shifts. It's 2021, people need to get back to their quality of life and still be able to provide and sustain for the lifestyle that they want. Um, there's there's plenty enough time to to be effective um, and profitable um, and productive in in a six hour day, so that you still can put your time into what's really most important, and that's your loved ones. I can't tell you how many times and the things that I do, as busy as I am, being a single mother um, and a widow, that my kids you know, no matter how much time I spend with them, I always feel like I'm not doing enough and that I'm neglecting them, even when they're with me. I mean, my kids come out to protest with me. My kids, you know, come out to, you know, interview. Village, you know, which is why when we're doing things, Anna, I'm like, here, go over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're adorable. They're, I mean, yeah, you're a super mom. <laughs> so, um, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that I like trail off into space. So, and I know you do too. So whatever you want to steer us in this specific. Right. Go full talk. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's all good. It's all good. I was going to ask, uh, before we get back to Illinois cannabis, um, V, you mentioned that nobody's really talking about like maybe a search and seizure part of Schumer's law. Can you tell us a little bit about? I've not. I personally haven't really heard. Well, much about and it's this, not so. necessarily. Um, I, I can't even necessarily say that it's just his. I mean, even in the states, in the states' laws that that have um, approved cannabis in their states, um, no one really talks about the search and seizure that comes with that, and and the other types of regulations that come down with um, the the barriers that are still there, even though states have become. Um, legal and on a national level, on a okay. national level, um, a lot of these um, bills that are coming out, Schumer specifically, um, reverts back to the state for any regulations and um, oversight that that the federal government might have. Which okay, it absolves the federal government, then they don't have you know have to deal with it. But then we're right back in the same issue in the same situation, leaving it up to the states and not having any guidelines or or, or really any know how on the right way to maneuver around yeah. it once it becomes legal. You know. Um, what do we do at that point? Is it still fair to, because you smell it, to go and search somebody's car um, and and then find other things? You know, unfortunately, what we don't talk about when we're talking about um, uh, creating, um, not pardons, but what is it when um, you, expungements, thank you. Expungements. When, we're, when we're creating expungements, what we're not talking about is, you know, those people that have, that have had cases and charges um, that that had marijuana charges. They were just out here, just like the police officers with, with their badges. Part of that badge is to carry a gun. So what happens when you're trying to expunge cannabis records, but then people are still locked up because now they also have gun charges that didn't include in the cannabis records. Um, everyone has guns. 
You have to. I mean, that's just the world that we live in, um, especially when you're talking about something that's taboo um, that that has been. And the um, world that the CIA helped to make um, by providing drugs for people to get addicted. I mean, this is like stuff that has been in motion for forever. And something that I've learned about the government that it has pissed me off is they have, you know, the people are, are in the government. The people are the government. But they're, it seems right. like they're so overworked or, or like don't understand things because they got so much going on or whatever. And so they brush off basically their jobs on someone else, which are the people like usually organi organizations to do, to help with writing of things. And they don't really actually participate as much as they should or really understand how it all works. And I'm well, kind of like, why yeah. are these organizations doing this work for you? You get paid for this. They're trying to fundraise to do this work for you and not get paid. Right. Yeah. These people, though, the politicians especially, they, they don't even write the bills that they create. So, you know, um, it's, it's stunning. Uh, people have done research, and, and this is kind of on the other side of the aisle maybe, but uh, OPEC, uh, they write, I mean, they literally just write bills for the mostly Republicans, and they just, from what I understand, I might be remembering that wrong, folks. So like I always say, look up what I say. <laughs> Don't just take it for, take it for granted. Um, but uh, I wanted, yeah, the, your point is fucking perfect because what, it, what needs to happen Look, I actually think that the state approach, state-by-state state approach, is okay, but the federal government needs to decriminalize cannabis in all states, right? So this, this is the thing. Cannabis has to be decriminalized in all states. That's the umbrella. But I hesitate to give the federal government an umbrella across all states because part of what has made this state-by-state state approach good, and we've yet to seen it, I admit, is that they can be their own little laboratories of, you know, of, of what's cooked up. And so when all of this Illinois cannabis stuff was coming around, it sounded like such a great thing compared to a state like California, Colorado, um, or even Michigan, where you have just, um, like, not a lot of diversity in the market. Mm -hmm. And so when, when somebody campaigns on I'm going to start this industry and I am going to make sure it is the most diverse mm -hmm. cannabis market in the state. Obviously we didn't see that play out, but the fact that it could have, like I, I want I want the option for it to still play out. I would hesitate I'm to sure. make didn't tell you the reason why it, it never will. Number one, right. places like Illinois um that that have a political system where yeah. you pay to play um yep, or yep. you get to have privatized business and still be in politics will mm -hmm. always lend room for corruption. And yeah. that's just the bottom line. There are only a few states that still allow privatization when it comes to politicians um, being a part of businesses um, like New York. <laughs> um, and we see how New York is going right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, kind of like Illinois. Exactly. And and maybe even a little bit worse. Maybe even a bit worse, yeah, because they yeah. had the freaking flower pods that they had to vape and use the proprietary vaporizer and shit. It's like, oh, sold my soul to the company store. You know, that's literally what those lyrics are. That's what that story is about, if I'm not mistaken. Folks, look that one up. Um, 
Probably people won't like this opinion, but I don't think it should be federally legal until um, True Social Equity has licenses. Because if it goes legal and it's basically only multi-state operators who have licenses, they're just going to expand super fucking fast and right. our small business are going to be able to compete at all. And I do think that small business will be able to compete because it's about this plant isn't about marketing. That's what's fucked up about this industry is they think it's about marketing. This plant is about connection, community, spirituality, location, um, the product that and and being able to to get the product that suits the client best for them, best for their healing, the repeat client. Like this, I'm sorry, where I got so angry again. So I see black. And so that's also why I'm a documentarian because I, I use it as a, you know, disconnection to the situation. So I don't get so angry. Aquarius <laughs> coming out again. Um, <laughs> So, okay <laughs> i'm right there with you like that was kind of my that was kind of part of I, I didn't voice it that as well as you just did um but that was kind of part of the point i was trying to make too with my hesitation for it to go federally legal because then as soon as you do that you got the big uh pharmaceutical companies monsanto coca-cola you know and they're all there right now a lot of those companies have some hesitations there's some like i think the owner of corona beer what's that they're they're fucking preparing they know exactly. they're preparing, they're preparing exactly preparing and before all this became legal in the first state that became legal you know in colorado they were already been preparing for that and they're they're involved in the canadian market like i was uh, i think it's corona constellation brands which i think is in some way related to corona beer um i believe they are like making cannabis beverages in the canadian market i might be wrong on that but. Well, and then you have states like Missouri, where I'm from, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, but you have states like Missouri that um, that are trying to uh, introduce a bill to where licenses are no longer held um, uh, in the way that we've seen it held to where licenses now are are, are given just basis, based on having a business license. Mm -hmm. If you are a business in good standing, then you should be able to open up a cannabis business. Who cares about a license and charging all these fees and things like that? However, I mean, I see I see the pros and the cons of that, because, again, same thing, like Anna just said, how do you then make sure that the people that literally were affected um, by the war on drugs and the effects trickle down, not only in just them individually, their families, their communities, um, you know, uh, um, their economic, their economic stability or instability, all of that. How do you ensure that those that were truly affected still have an opportunity, <coughs> excuse me, um, to make money and to have a leg up in this industry before um, big corporations come in, you know? Right. Illinois tried to do that with the bullshit tax thing and the R3 program money, but I've interviewed multiple organizations that applied for the, <laughs> that funding and are actually on the front line doing good work and they didn't get that funding. And um, they, and then another, and, a larger group that's like a, a huge um, nonprofit that's been around for a while, basically all white run, they were put onto that person's application as like they work with each other. Um, and so that group got all the money. 
you know, and and all the red tape too, that comes with that, with that application too. It's like the applications, applications on applications, just to even be able to be like, hi, can I get a little help? You know, what Illinois should have done also going back to uh, your question, Cole, what Illinois should have also done was to create a whole nother pathway for um, funding especially yes. for social Absolutely. equity applicants. You know, the mm-hmm. amount of money that they're requiring for all of this is mm-hmm. ridiculous as fuck. One you thing. can grow in your damn closet, okay? Like all yeah. this extra <laughs> shit is ridiculous. Um, yeah. I, I would have I totally applied for a medical license if it wasn't $250,000 to just apply for the license <laughs> eight years ago, not in- and one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars yearly, plus a twenty-five thousand dollar non-refundable. Fee, I would prefer, I like, yeah. I actually am glad that we didn't win today in the lottery because I want the one that you get a medical and a recreational. You get to see both patients because I believe in that. So please, everyone, pray for me. Unfortunately, though, I I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty positive. If you have like if you did it on the same site, so you're, what you're referencing is the, the yeah. fact that there are five medical dispensaries out there and you get five plus ones, right? right? I think that's really? yeah, right. So oh, if right. you did five that- Five get a plus one. Individually, yeah. Yeah, the five get the plus one, yep. Not five ones. Each one, right. right. But, uh, each, one each of the five get a plus, get plus one. one. Right. Right. Okay. right, so, but here's the thing. I encourage whoever, if you're listening right now and you're you're- trying to win those or you maybe you're listening to this later and you've won those do it on the same site because from what i understand craft cannabis is going to be adult use only so the fuck so um if if you l- let me just say it this way if you open up a medical only dispensary and your adult use store is down the block or whatever your medical only dispensary can only sell medical cannabis and who sells medical cannabis the original license holders. So I encourage people if if I can give you advice and I might be wrong on that, but from all intents and purposes, if you look on the Illinois department of agriculture's website, it says that craft cultivation is an adult use license and you can't buy adult use cannabis at the medical cannabis tax rate. That you is just simply can't fuck the fuck up because I am in a lot of groups with medical patients and they're talking about how excited they are about getting good quality product. And that, are you saying that they aren't going to be able to get anything from a craft grow? They can, but they have to pay the adult use tax rate. So they don't get their medical discount. They don't get their medical discount or their medical tax rate. They, they also haven't given a whole lot of information to anyone about how to even apply for these five medical licenses. And you also think it's going to be a whole shitload of people. Oh, yeah. They make it seem, though, they make it seem, because I wasn't convinced by this, but my group thought for sure, they make it seem that everyone is eligible that did not receive any license in these three coming rounds. That's what they make it seem like. But also, fuck rules, because once I get my license, I'm going to be changing those rules. I'm going to be boycotting those stupid-ass fucking rules, and we're going to change some shit for the better. Because right now, the way things are regulated, they're actually not really regulated, so we see a problem there. Um, And then the way that things are being regulated is not... Sorry, guys. My cat is messing with a bag. Keep going, though, if you were wondering what that noise was. (laughs) My cat is sleeping right there. I cut <laughs> off your flow. I'm so sorry. It seemed like you didn't even but hear it. You are good. I, but yes, I have no idea what it's talking about. 
And well, and, and also just to even piggyback off of that, as far as the legislation goes, um, uh, the brain fart. <laughs> you were saying fuck the rules, Anna. I remember that's what you're saying. You're saying fuck the rules. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, just the rules need to. We all, we know we know that regulation is not happening because I mean product is being put out there to clients and getting recalled. So like that just shows yeah. that regulations don't work. Well, um, well, and all I was going to say is, and then you also have to consider the emergency rules, you know what I'm saying? That could come and play at any fucking time that they want them to, um, yeah. especially with, you know, uh, this 1443 that, that just got passed. that got us in this whole situation anyway, um, with this, this whole lottery uh, debacle. But yeah, I got, I feel like we just, what did you just say, Anna? Because I feel like I needed, I, ha I had a point on that and I just agreed with you and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And then I just totally forgot what I just Just that the rules, um, that, that the rules that are currently in place, like you were talking about. Um... Oh, sorry. I remember what you said, the mold thing. I think that that, that, that is going to happen, honestly. Like, I, I get what you mean that like, it seems weird that we've got these regulations in place. In fact, Illinois has what they say is, but you think some of the, in the product is weird? I oh, mean, of course it is. It's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen. No, it's, it's yeah, definitely bad. No, no. If it is properly cured, it will not happen. Well, okay. Why that it happens is they do not know what the fuck they're doing. They're right. rushing the process and, and their humidity levels are not right. And they mm -hmm. don't have to deal with their deficiencies. So their soil is fucked up. Yeah. And they're starving their plants of nutrients and a whole host of other things um, as a grower. That is telling you that. And I know because I've listened to some of your stuff and I've heard corporate people tell you that shit. It is a fucking lie. No, I'm okay. So really you quick, your product correctly, there will be no mold. Well, right, absolutely right. Because I've learned that the hard way. Um, <laughs> I'm also a grower, and I've learned that the hard way. So, but that's not what I'm. What I'm saying is, is that this happens in other states, and you're right. It's due to negligence. I'm just saying that it happens in other states, and with cannabis being a living product, it's a volatile. Uh, it, you got to be a skilled craftsman and you got to care about it. And that's why we need these people to get their that right there. Not even skilled. You have to care. You have to care. There you go. You yep. Yeah. So care when we're talking about adult care, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, cannabis. That's where the corporate things comes in. They don't care. They, you can hire people to care for your product, but if you don't treat those people the way that they should be treated, which is, you know, if they know what they're doing, they should have ownership. Yeah. If they if they know what they're doing, they, that means they've been doing it for a while, and they should have ownership. I'm a Romero. I don't know how to grow really amazing weed. Yeah. I do not. Don't hire me to grow. I love plants, but I have not had an amazing grow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fucking real. Yeah. Um. So, okay, so one of the things that you, you both have referenced a few times, and I mean, it's the name of your Instagram handle, Anna, is uh, you know, we've talked about it in a few different ways, but we've talked about the fact that we believe um, that licenses should go to, quote, true social equity candidates. Um, I was talking to Michael Malcolm recently, and we talked about how Illinois defined social equity candidates um, can you, I, I'm not good with names. Who is that? 
Uh, Michael Malcolm, uh, for people that don't know, um, uh, is he's from Weed Travel Food. Um, he's uh, also got uh, his hat in the ring for some licenses, um, and uh, he's just one of our good friends. Uh, sorry for not explaining exactly who he was, um, but I wonder if he follows the page. I hope he does. He may. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we were talking about how Illinois defined a social equity candidate or how they define if you were disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. And I think it comes down to the area in which you live, which makes sense, right? Mm. Um, If you depend, well, okay. Yeah. Really quick. He went into that as well. He said, you'd think it makes sense, but some of these areas have gotten gentrified. So it really doesn't make sense. Cause (laughs) if you're living that, yeah, because my right. area was gentrified. Yeah, so so yeah, that is definitely a valid point, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, another, I think, thing that qualified you as a social equity candidate was if you oh, because been... thirty three moved down the street for me. That's one of the reasons why it was gentrified. Oh, uh, I see. I see. Um, yeah, that's sad. But um, another way that you were identified or qualified qualified as a uh, candidate is um, if you've been arrested or someone in your fam- your immediate family has been arrested gotcha gotcha I guess there were points if you were a veteran which I believe I, I thank you for again your for your service and I believe that veterans should maybe have their own lottery that was my idea um, I mean I'm open to ideas but I think that like or maybe maybe that there is a point for being a social equity veteran I don't know it just seemed it seemed weird that that yeah, point. I, know, I actually know the guy who like works for supposedly works for the government, like it, and has been helping with this process, developing it from the beginning. And he needs a vet and he claims that he pushed um, the vet portion okay. um, because, you know, there's there's a lot of there's there there's a lot of PTSD like he his intention was to help heal, you know, give ownership like give it to, in my opinion, who he thought true social equity people, people that have been homeless, you know, but those people don't have the correct paperwork to get these licenses. So the follow through on that was not, was not there. And V actually, she, this is the badass bitch that she is. She doesn't even have a license in, she didn't even apply. Please tell them the story of what I did not. Um, I had a few applications in that um, was on the table. One of them um, actually was with a multi-state operator. And at the last minute, literally like two days before I backed out. And the reason why was because I didn't trust them. I didn't trust anything that they said. Um, you know, me being somebody that has done financials and run businesses for 20 years, am a veteran, um, qualified for social equity. I was the quote unquote unicorn that everyone was looking for. And I, they were, they wanted me, everybody wanted me. Um, and the reason why I backed out was because specifically um, I was told that I was going to be on one application that then turned to three that then became 30. Um, and it just wasn't wasn't the right move. Later on, come to find out that they had other applicants that um, were pay to play, 
you know, I'll pay you a thousand dollars and you'll become the social equity. And then after the first round, um, once you get your license, um, we'll dilute you. Uh, because then at that point, you, you, you don't need to be a part of the business. You take your thousand dollars and you go away. Um, and then the options that they were giving people, um, on their, on their contracts were, well, you could, you could keep your, your 51% as long as you bring money to the table after the, after the, um, uh, second round of funding. However, the first round of funding had already happened. So that you wouldn't need a second round of funding because y'all, y'all got the money. Uh, and, and it was just a total battle the entire way. Um, and, and I knew that it was just uh, fake. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people got consumed with, with the bullshit with them um, and ended up losing. I'm glad that I didn't actually apply for any rounds though, because it did enable me to take um, a, a forest view versus a tree view at yeah. the landscape. Uh, and really be able to have a true voice for for the people that needed it, that aren't activists, that don't um, want to make good trouble. I'm all about good trouble. Um, this is this is my it's my hashtag. Don't take it as mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey V, okay. can I can I ask you a question? Um, you you said that it turned from like one to three to thirty, and then you mentioned Anna earlier. You had two. Um, applications and I think V it was a video that you posted if not it was somebody else uh, I honestly listened to it I didn't really watch the video um, was just scrolling through Instagram and somebody was saying like you could submit multiple applications like you're talking about so you could submit 30 but it costs each application but I guess my question is if you did that if you submitted 30 does that increase your odds at the lottery Thirty chances instead Correct. of two. Instead of two. Okay. Well, then it is pay to play. But to be clear, the law only states that you can apply for ten. So a lot. So of you can only people, win ten. You can only apply for ten. Oh. Your max cap applications were was ten, um, per region, right? Um, and so with you with can have hundreds of applications in. Correct. I mean, when I went to bring my one measly application in the day that it was due, thank God they pushed it back two hours. But like a man was also in front of me, fill his arms were filled. People with had crates, like like wow. literally, like we're pulling, pulling. It sounds like it. cheating. That it's exactly what it is. And I was going to say this specifically. The reason why it's cheating is because the people that 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 reached the cap, they would just create another entity. So. Okay. Hundred percent, and that's what's happening now too. Before that's I move, MSOs are going to do, and probably are currently doing. Before I go to my next question, I want to return to my original question because we—it's totally fine, but we got off on a tangent. How would we? Actually, I don't even think I asked. I don't think I ended up asking my question. I was like talking about something, and then we got on a tangent. My question that I was wrapping around to was, how would you define? a true social equity candidate. Oh my God, I love that you asked that. I'm gonna let you go, Anna. Oh no. Oh, it's frozen. Oh, are we frozen? The people don't want us to win. Are you guys here? Here, I'm gonna reach. 
I started it again. Uh, they don't want us to win. We were about to give our definition of uh, true social equity candidates and the people they're trying to shut us down. I, I just went and shot down their supply or their spy plane and we're back on air. So whoever wants. Seriously. No, I, I do, but, but I, I just need to make a, a comment on that comment because like, seriously, things have been being weird on my phone. Like I wasn't actually able to post today the video that was easily accessible to be posted. Like I know what I'm doing. I think you're just paranoid, man. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, you're, you're probably right because my wife is always like, have I updated your phone recently? So it's probably that I am being paranoid. Um, okay, the uh, definition of true social equity in cannabis. You know, I have learned in the last almost two years that this is definitely, um, everyone has a different opinion. And I have changed my opinion of what it is as like every fucking day, honestly. Um, I changed my opinion of it when I met Tyrone and ECCSC because, you know, I hadn't honestly even considered um, ex-cons and that's what they like to be called, not uh, formally incarcerated. I got reamed out by someone. For really quick, know. really, uh, yeah. really quick. <laughs> I'm worried that when we lost connection that it maybe messed up the recording. So I'm going to completely stop the recording and start it again. And we're going to pick up on this, this question. Okay. All right. So folks, I hope that things didn't get messed up. I haven't mixed the file yet. So, uh, I'm hoping that our little, uh, spy plane outage didn't kill the stream. Um, no, no, I'm just being funny. Um, so I just wanted to let you guys know, though, that we paused for a second because we're having technical difficulties. I wanted to pick back up uh, with a fresh recording just to make sure everything was in order. I was asking the question, um, and I'm so sorry that we've, I've asked it so many times now, but technical stuff, right? Um, Good. What is your What would be your definition of a true social equity candidate? And I know I it's a tough pause. question. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. So um, for me, the term now, true social equity, has become um, a saying or a brand like real cheese. Um, so for me, I don't believe that that's something that actually exists. Um, but I will say this. If, if anytime that, that you're looking to... Um, give some type of restitution for an injustice that has occurred to a specific group of people. It's those specific group of people that should first and foremost be considered to actually benefit from the restitution. That's yeah. my solution. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you started. Um, I, I think Stuff. Uh. <laughs> it's tough because ultimately, yes, it, it yes, it does include um, a plethora of people. It includes those that have um, actually been convicted of cannabis crimes, can cannabis yeah. charges, cannabis offend, uh, um, 
offenders, no, that wasn't the word, offenses. Mm -hmm. um, it should include those families that have been um, affected because of that trickle down um, mm -hmm. of the war on drugs. It should include women um, that 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 uh, have been left out. Um, anybody that has been considered a, a minority um, ultimately was is what is what these states are trying are trying to encompass as true social equity but if you're asking a black woman who in america who does true social equity black people that have been affected by the war on drugs period hey it's well said <laughs> well said and to the point um my last my not my last question but my my question hey, wait, wait, that I'm wait, building wait. up I to, I oh, go ahead answer with a story <laughs> you just finished um, the joint i understand it takes a while your brain is processing. right 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 it's just like hold on wait wait a minute i think it <laughs> because no so this is a really hard question for me because i've interviewed so many people that believe that they are true social equity in cannabis and when i hear their story i'm like oh yeah i get you feel like you're true social equity and cannabis and and i'm an empathetic person i'm a massage therapist i do energy work i feed people like i'm just i'm a people person so when i meet you and i hear your story and i understand i'm like okay i believe you like i really think it's it it's every i don't think there's a definition because it's different for everyone and you will learn when you meet people that you have never met before when you've met someone that and everyone is so different when you meet more people get out in the world and actually meet people you know like during covid i was actually outside on the street like working with all these new amazing people um, and I think COVID like really scared people to get to to not do that anymore. And technology is just like making people disconnect. And I definitely went on a tangent again and did not answer the question. But I think that y'all, because you are my people, you understand. <laughs> yep. Because um, again, it goes back to the brand. Real cheese. Somebody should create a brand that just says. Yeah, uh, no, no. And good point what you said there about it, like true, so true social equity being a brand because um, so now there is true social equity uh, applicants, like people are starting to brand that on their stuff is true mm -hmm. social equity applicants. That's not that's not my page. I am a support page for other people that do things. And um, I uplift people. I've never actually like done any of the organizing for things i bring water and food because i like to show people my love with food and stuff but yeah are you saying that we're possibly going to see a label in the future which if it was true i wouldn't mind it but are you saying that we might see a label in the future that says like social equity crafted cannabis or something like that is that what you're yeah. saying or are you just saying there's a page hey tuned i promise you you will see lost again but yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm I'm a thousand sure Yeah. I'm well, sorry. Oh. Um I think we lost Anna for a second, but she's back. Um oh, uh, so, Okay. Uh, I was just I thought that she was saying something, so um, I I've been working on uh, you know, giving people the air to talk because sometimes I can jump in too quickly, so not um, with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was that. 
so I guess my the question I've really been building up to, and this is something that I've been thinking for a while, and I posted earlier. I saw you said that uh, maybe it was you, Anna. I post I posted something that. Um, our friend Thomas Howard from CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. Uh, actually, you posted an interview with Lauren, uh, who works with uh, Tom. I actually interviewed Tom, but I haven't put anything out on him. Oh yeah, I liked your interview with Lauren. She was freaking. It, she yeah she everything she said was so well said. She's she's awesome, and I yeah I, I we had her on the podcast. Uh, in the past folks so if you haven't tuned that was quite a while ago but go check that out uh it was yeah. cool to talk to her um so she but anyway that sign too she was the first like i made the first two signs but she was the that was the third sign that people mm-hmm. that she had at an, an ecc event and it was fucking dope and everyone was like can i you where can i like use your sign <laughs> i wish there were more signs that were made it would have it can still happen people make signs bring make signs. signs hell yeah, yeah. Buy weed women, fuck corporate cannabis, that kind of shit. (laughs) The idea that I shared from Tom, though, is like we need to just – like this limited licensing approach is the wrong way to go about it, in my opinion, because I think if we would have taken like maybe something similar to Oklahoma where it's like $2,500 to open up a dispensary and the license gets approved like pretty quickly, like there's not a lot of red tape involved – Besides the fact that you do have to work with within the confines of the regulations, of course. Um, my point is, if we would have taken a structure similar to that, I think we would have seen what we might consider to be true social equity candidates operating today versus this locked down, limited uh, approach, which really, um, instead of instead of like giving people the leg up that we're really talking about so that we can transfer wealth to disproportionately impacted communities. Um, It seems like we created a few dozen guaranteed millionaires that are just possibly going to cash in their chips. That's why we're saying, Hey guys, don't sell. If you're going to sell, reach out um, and take their money out of a disproportionately impacted community when they move to their gold coast mansions. Um, and I'm loosely paraphrasing from our friend, a stranger in a van uh, from our subreddit. Um, that's an interesting username, but I thought that they made a great point. Yeah. I'm worried about that. What do you folks think about that? Cause it kind of goes back to my original, one of my original questions, which is like how Illinois did it. Was that the right way at all? Well, I don't, can I correct you on something you've been saying that's been bothering me? Sure. So Go you've ahead. been saying true social equity candidates, like it's yeah. not an actual possibility. It's not that it is possible through social equity in cannabis and it's going to happen. Yeah. I just say, I just say candidates since they're like applicants. There you go. That's really the word. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you both for correcting me. Cause I didn't really, I just kind of throw the word. Yeah. And so, it's totally fine. I'm sure people are like, what the fuck? That was a bitchy thing to say, but like, nah. I, I like to, I like to make things happen with, you know, intention and you do that with words. Hey, you know, I'm on the same page as you. Cause with like, uh, for example, like the legacy market slash traditional market, I could tell that we were picky about our words when we first yeah. started talking. So, Hey, right. I appreciate it. Seriously. I do appreciate words it. Words have meaning and they point to, to things and that's how we create understanding. So right. Yeah. that's why we call it cannabis instead of marijuana. Like that's, yes. you know, I don't like to hear that word. Oh, uh, a lot of people use that word in the black community. 
I, I have had that struggle. You know, there's a marijuana hall of fame that is run yeah. by black people and they have a license, they have multiple licenses now. Um, so there are some people that are trying to take it back, like, you know, okay. hunt and <laughs> sure. <other things. laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, what do you, what do you think though? I kind of am re-asking a question that I guess I asked earlier, but do you think that that would like the approach that I referenced with Oklahoma, which again, Oklahoma is not perfect right now, but the fact that there are, it's almost like there's like so many people participating. They have a lot more minority owners. I will tell you that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, uh, and, and, and you don't see any MSOs in Oklahoma. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm not saying they're doing it right, but something's going on. And I don't know. I just think that I think that this was all, um, like, if you just think about it, you know, if we, we don't even know really how the lottery works, like you say, it could totally be just programmed to a list of whatever the people that paid them. Yeah. Well, you have to think about it too, when you have these multi-state operators that pay multi-millions of dollars to their lobbyists, um, in order to ensure that one, it's either a holdup so that then they can continue to function or they fund the money to, to create the legislation that they desire. Either way, they're gonna make sure that it's a win-win for them. Right. Um, that's the part that we, that, that, that we have to um, make sure that we bring awareness to and have our, our needle on the hand um, in, if you will, because um, at every opportunity, people that have the, the resources are gonna make sure that they um, have the best position. Um, and, if, and if we don't lift our voices, if we aren't out here fighting um, and bringing awareness and attention to the things that are going on, it's only gonna grow bigger and then it's yep. gonna be a monopoly. Uh, it's already that. That's why, like, that's why we've been fucking screaming for two years. Correct. Correct. Yeah, what it actually is not growing um, larger is what I'm saying to where then at that point it doesn't matter whether you have a license when when you're going up against Walmart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um I realized why I, I just real I'm going to pass the blame. No, I'm joking. But I do I do realize why uh I've been saying social equity candidate candidate because it's part of uh, a quote from our friend stranger in a van. So I am equally guilty, but I want to read more words from them really quick because they've got good ideas. Besides the fact that maybe they should be pedophile. He does. I I don't know why I'm assuming it's he, but uh, yeah, that's the thing. I'm assuming all these things. I assumed the pedophile thing. Jonah is on too, though. Like people, like you know, catfish is a thing. Sure. True. Yeah, but so check this out. These are good words. I'm going to correct one of the words they say. If you want social equity candidate, that's the, what they said, participation. So if you want social equity applicant participation, you need to give them assistance with licensing and regulation, and you need to get you need a plan to get them capitalized without them having to sell off huge stakes of equity in their business. Um, they say social equity is certainly an agreeable goal, but this is clearly the wrong way to go about it. I would all, be all for giving a leg up to operations that can transfer wealth 
to disproportionately uh, impacted communities, but we could do that via state-sponsored business loans or even a social equity tax where funds are used for infrastructure improvements in disproportionately impacted communities or a combination where non-social equity businesses, I love this idea, non-social equity businesses pay into a social equity fund that is used to finance social equity businesses, uh, cannabis-related or otherwise. Instead, this is what I read earlier, they created uh, a few dozen guaranteed millionaires that are just going to cash in their chips, take the money, and move to those Gold Coast mansions. Well, it's Um, interesting that you said that because um, that's one of the things that that I've been saying for the longest is a hood tax. And I call it a hood tax um, because people seem to think that, you know, uh, people that sell drugs and sell dope, you know, are only people in the hood. Uh, isn't true. Um, However, we have a lot of these businesses, not just cannabis, but we have a lot of these businesses and um, other ethnicities that do come into our hoods, our neighborhoods, um, and supply us with bullshit that they wouldn't even want in their own communities. And yet none of the money that they make it in our fucking hoods go to our hoods. Right. Um, so for me, I'm like, okay, well then clearly we need a hood tax is, is what I, what, is what I'm coining and also mine. Don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that um, idea. You should, you that, should pay a tax for the uh, community that you are residing correct. in correct. and take and care of the people that you're, you correct. know, take care of your neighbors. And, and that money should go specifically for that community. Not another community, not the, the FOP, not, you know what I mean? Like none of that. It should go directly to the people. Yeah. Um, so that they can have the resources that they need in order to thrive and sustain themselves um, with, within, within the economy that we find ourselves in. Now, how do we go about instituting that? And who the fuck is going to actually enforce that? Because I'll be knocking on their doors right now. Like, um, why are you selling us this liquor and cigarettes? What we need is some books and, and some actual wellness facilities yeah. around well, here. Well, say that nobody else is selling drugs in the neighborhood. Uh, Walgreens is, and uh, those are the ones that are killing us all. So, um, uh, <laughs> God dang it. I wanted to, oh yeah, I wanted to make sure that we, that people heard your point that you made earlier. And I, I felt like you said it, but I wanted to say it in another way. And I felt like I didn't say it. The fact that possession limits are still a thing in the state of Illinois is a problem. So you're talking about search and seizure. That's what you're, I felt like that's what you were referencing because the fact, okay, so we like all parade, oh, cannabis is legal. Uh, no, certain, uh, certain quantities of cannabis are legal for, you know, certain people actually to possess. So I, as a medical you cannabis walk patient. walk around with a pound on you. Right, right, exactly. So, well, I uh, thought you were talking about the bullshit that's happening with like them finding, what was it, like nine pounds recently? And and I was like, what are they going to do with that and burn it? Like, seriously, they're going to burn it? No, they're not. That's what they're telling you. Because who's going to go to the police officer and be like, hi, can you tell me that weed that you checked in where it is? How about all the other hundreds of pounds, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of pounds? Where is that? Right. Well, oh, my thing is. Gave it back to Pookie. Yeah, my My thing is that, like, we have possession limits, so we can only buy so much at the store, yet they're backing up a van to the store full of the fucking product, and they don't have a possession limit. They don't have a, you know, they they just sell it. They don't have a a plant limit. Car that says, I'm able to to distribute to other licensed. um, This is the thing, Cole. It's bullshit. 
you're in that you're in the in the legal world um being a good boy good job um and it's bullshit what all what they are doing and and i'm glad we can point it out on this podcast i think that's the benefit of having these conversations um and i I really am thankful that we had so much time to sit down and talk today and i want to have you back on in the future because I don't think you're anywhere close to being done with your work. And that's not a knock. I I feel like that's a... Well, like please you know. give me some money so I continue, can continue to do it and not be burned out so I can actually pay others that I need to pay yeah. them. And, you know... Yeah. It's, that link's going to be in the podcast description, description, folks. So if you want to support a good cause... Ready to Definitely, please. Yeah. Absolutely. So any, um, any final thoughts? I'm glad that we could make that point about possession limits. I've tried to make that point many times in the show, but I, I, you brought that up and it was just like, I agreed with it so much. I wanted to make sure we saw that through. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts? I, I really think that we're, it sounds like we're on the same page, like (laughs) this limited license approach that we took, not, not maybe the best. It would have been nice to see, like a neighborhood tax or like you pinned it uh, a hood tax i like that um it's, it's coming i yeah. mean what was the type that into the legislation what um, was the thing that ricky was trying to get done the like um uh slinger license i mean i don't know if it's gonna it would i it was something that he had suggested at the beginning hmm. i don't know at this part <laughs> <laughs> I did I say it or are you talking about somebody else? No, no, no. I wasn't no. talking about. I was talking about something else. Gotcha. Uh, but I will say um, to end uh, to end on a positive note. Um, definitely support your local weed dealer, whether it's a man or a woman. And I think that we need to. Um, bye, baby. Sorry, mommy's on. The, mommy's finishing up. Okay, guys, I gotta put you on mute. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That was cute. Um, that. Uh, you know, support your local your local dealer and 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 to make the local dealers a little bit more friendly and accepting, um, so that people feel comfortable going to your local dealer doesn't necessarily need to be you know what I mean the homie on the corner that hasn't had a shower in three days because he out here hustling or she out here hustling, you know what I'm saying? We need to make it a little bit more friendly and open so that so that the fear of shopping with your local dealer is not there and people would rather go and spend 30% more for for the for a product that is less <coughs> beneficial for you excuse me <clears throat> and also don't give up um if you're if you're somebody that's out there that wants wants a license um the license isn't the end all to be all and quite frankly in the way that the red tape is the amount of money that you really gonna make in it is gonna be divvied out across so many different levels and platforms and taxes and testing and regulations and stress and everything else that that might not be the avenue for you and you might be able to actually do a lot better and be more profitable in an ancillary um, measure um, or vehicle for you to um, enter into the industry. And remember, it is an industry of industries. This is a whole a whole different. Um, uh, economic platform that that can sustain itself. It's been sustaining itself even yeah. before it was cannabis. It was hemp, and you can use it for every resource to sustain an economy. <laughs> so, 
do your research, get to know it, understand what's happening in your state. If you don't know, reach out um, and we'll try to point you into the right direction. Um, if we don't already, if we, we don't already know, there's multiple ways. And now there's also other countries that um, are being given export uh, export rights, um, you know, in order to have have their um, plants uh, shipped. So there's there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of spaces and a lot of places. So just tap in, tune in, and get involved, man. Yeah, I'm gonna try to um, trick. I had to really focus on Illinois, but now that licenses are finally coming out, um, we still have to fight to make things better, but I'm going to start transitioning to the page into more national um, so that we we can start educating um, people in, in a whole. Because even I need to be educated every fucking day. Like, I don't know what's going on everywhere. These constantly telling me what's up. And all the other people that support the page and all of the orgs that I follow and like you and um, your partner on this podcast, like, you know, everyone, it's, it's all about the people. It really is like, and we gotta, we gotta remember that. We are the village and we have to ensure that the culture continues to stay. Um, also on a national level right now, um, I'm petitioning as far as a federal clemency for all um, um, nonviolent um, marijuana offenders um, that have been uh, charged to have a full and complete clemency uh, on the federal level. And I'm also petitioning that for Illinois on the state level as well. Um, so be looking for that for a state coming to you um, as well. And if you're somebody that definitely carries a lot of weight, has a lot of voice that wants to be a part of that petition, please reach out to Black Women Strong Coalition so that I can add you to that petition um, that is being sent over to uh, President Biden. Wow. Well, thank you both so much for your time. Uh, like I was saying, I think you were talking to your uh, kids, V. I was saying, I've got to have you guys back on uh, in the future. Um, cause I know that like, well, Anna was just saying she's about to, you know, have a different scope or lens on it all. So there, this is just the beginning, you know? Um, so I want to thank you for the work you do, both of you. Uh, thank you for your time and, um, folks be sure to reach out and support, uh, everything that both of these lovely ladies do because it's, it's important to support our local Chilinoians. We say it all the time, right? And uh, especially ones that are fighting for a good cause. So, um, peace and cool. love, y'all. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's let's stop this thing.